Welcome to the Technori Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, recording live here from WGN Radio. It's been a fantastic week. Well, I guess the week is still young. If it's anything like you folks, I opened up my email inbox and found out that I was one of 100 million users on Quora. Um, I don't know what we do here. I, this is like a random start point. I don't even really, I just like added this to the rundown without asking. I just feel like after the Marriott breach, which was like a shit ton of people, like the most ever, that we've just reached this point where I think we all just need to create a second identity. I think our, our primary, like I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like I'm going to have a kid. And she's going to be like, Dad, I want to go on Snapchat. And I'm going to say, you're going to use a second name. I'm going to create a second name for you. You're going to use sub emails for everything. And you're never, ever going to have anything in your actual name. Because there's no way to stop the breaches. There's no way. There's literally nothing you can do. And I was listening to some people talk about this on the way in uh, to Chicago today. And the, the thing is, like, who does the onus fall on? These people in the tech companies are making a shitload of money, and yet they don't pay or spend any money on anything to, to support themselves. And yet you'll hear other people say, like, you can't stop hackers, that North Korea is basically a, an entire country of hackers until they become friends with this country. That's not a, a mean thing to say. Right now we're not friends, and so I can say this. Uh, but like that's they're one of the, them and Russia are one of the biggest contributors to this. China a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot. They're just a little bit more submersive about it. North Korea spends all their time trying to hack, and they're not trying to hack you individual. They're trying to hack millions and millions and billions so they can essentially hold a Fortune 500 company hostage and use it for all kinds of no good and and tracking and targeting people for shitty ads and fake news and whatever else. Let's just throw our hands up and say it's not fixable because the people who are making the money, by the time they make the money, it's too late because they built the product without that money. And so there's no, the security is not strong. They can go back and try to retrofit and fix it, but that's only good until the next breach. And oh, by the way, you're only as safe as the breach of the person who walks out of the office with a thumb drive and sticks it in their home computer and then searches Pornhub and then boom, they're screwed figuratively and literally, but you know, I, I just feel like it, we have to like, as consumers, it's going to fall on us no matter what. We're going to have to change our passwords. We're going to have to pay for this. We're going to have to lose our credit, freeze our credit, all this other, you know, stuff. I have just, I'm done with it. I, I just assume now I'm creating, I'm telling you hackers right now, I'm daring you. I'm right now, I'm creating a brand new Scott Katoon everything, and I'm not going to use it for anything public, except I just told you. New password. Maybe I'll try LastPass's generator. I don't know. But the bottom line is, all of you that are wondering how the hell do we stop this, there's no way. There's just no way. So that's a fun segue for you. Uh, into the show. We've got a good show. And when you have stuff like this to talk about, well, why the hell not have a, you know, a lawyer on? Because lawyers always like to talk about, you know, breaches and shit that they can sue about so uh matt minor ceo of your bit is going to be my guest he's an innovative legal expert ex uh, executive he's dedicated he, everybody's a dedicated person on this one dedicated leader uh with a background in legal technology machine learning artificial intelligence corporate law why is this interesting maybe it is maybe it isn't we're going to find out i think it's interesting because chicago in general has a bunch of companies narrative science relativity come to mind that are changing the way that law is is done and, and for you it, it saves a lot of money to be totally honest and 
I'm sure they'll exploit it, but like the next, you know, the next big industry to get tipped on its head is, is lawyers. So all of you out there that you're just finishing your law degree at Kent or wherever else, the bill will come shortly at the end of this summer and your job will never come. Sorry. Um, anyway, we've got some cool stuff. So Matt, Matt Miner is going to come on and uh, we'll talk about that. But of course, before we get into that, we've also got a new segment. I'm excited to try out a new segment. Producer John is going to join us and pick out a couple of startup companies, or at least one startup company idea, and then we're going to flesh out whether we think it's a business opportunity or it's a bust. But before we bring in our guest, Matt Miner, let's go to the little startup showcase. Paragon One is simplifying the path from college to career. So what does that mean? We are basically tapping into the massive networks, massive professional networks out there, and turning these professionals into coaches and mentors. We're capturing their expertise, and we're delivering that expertise to students so that they can have a more efficient onboarding ramp from college into their first internship or first job. Or you can just go to www.paragon1.com, um, but you can also, as you mentioned, check out the republic.co slash paragon one site, which is where our deal pages. Fantastic. I, I think for all of you out there, I say this all the time, I'll say it again, investing in startup companies, especially equity crowdfunding, is literally the cheapest, easiest way to get yourself into the game. Republic.co backslash register, and you can register to invest. Scary as it is, you can actually hook a credit card up and throw some money on it, although the powers that be will make sure that you're limited to a $10,000 spending spree, which is probably good for humanity as well as for you, uh, but I highly recommend it anyway. Check out republic.co backslash register and, of course, republic.co backslash paragon1 and learn about that opportunity. Now, on to the show. Uh, We've got our our guest, Matt Miner, who is here. Matt, uh, go ahead and pull that mic up to you real quick here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, I don't know if you were able to hear me back there or not. Sometimes the, the, the sound is loud enough you can hear it. I was just going ape shit about uh, Quora, Cura, whatever, uh, Breach, $100 million, oh. And we talked about uh, Marriott just had, was it Star, is it Star, what's the name of the actual Star Wars? Oh, Starwood. Yeah, Starwood. Uh, that just had like the biggest breach in, in the history. We were not going to spend a whole lot of time in this. I just thought, <laughs> uh, you're a lawyer, and so there's no way you don't have an opinion on it. Um, not only am I an attorney, I've actually worked in that space for privacy and IT. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> so it's a nightmare. It's always a nightmare. And it's, it's based on you got to have best practices before the nightmare happens. And a lot of that is just miscommunication between legal departments and IT and how to lock down data is, is as much as you possibly can. So I, I kind of went the other way with it about and just said, like, listen, you know, we're, gonna, we're, t- we're dealing with this in a completely another subject, which is just the, it's data, but it's it's the different way of being used. One is like flat out stolen and the other one we're giving away with Facebook and and social media. I think that at this point in time, until governance or some regulation comes into place, and I don't really like regulation, but I'm wondering here if (laughs) someone needs to swing in, do we just throw our hands up and say, listen, this is is what it is and we can't trust the man, so to speak, or the businesses and it's on ourselves to protect ourselves as best we can? Because like... What, 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 what other recourse do we well, have? Well, as consumers, we're, we're trained so much now to be able to just give up our data and not really think about it. So we have to trust who we're giving our data to. So I, I went on a side. random rant to start the show off talking about how when I have a daughter, what I'm going to do is just tell her you have a fake identity. This is your real name. Shh. And then here's your bullshit name. And then you can live on Snapchat with your bullshit name. And, and when someone steals it, it goes to a bullshit site. <laughs> 
Well, for for the corporate side, there's other things you can do. And and I was listening to some previous podcasts you had as well. We were talking about the cloud. Yeah. And a lot of our corporate clients were were pushing to the cloud, and I've always I've always supported that. I've always said that if you are a needle that you don't want to be found, put yourself in the biggest haystack possible, and that's where the cloud is. So. If That's you're a, sage advice. If you're, if you're a local company and you have your own infrastructure, you're just not going to have the resources that Amazon or Microsoft are going to have for security purposes. Yep. So why not leverage their services, the, the smart people that they have that have really thought this out for security and privacy issues? Why not leverage what they've already built and hide yourself among a lot of other data? I, I mean, it sounds totally logical to me. I just one of those things where like, I've just given up on it. I just don't trust. I don't trust it anymore to believe that that's going to be the problem. Well, there's a weekly data breach these days anymore, so it's 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 something we're we're getting used to, unfortunately. Apparently, well, in the in the famous words of uh, is it Mark McGuire? Is Rafael Palmero? I don't remember which baseball player. Let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about the future. I think that's Rafi. Yeah, it sounds like a Rafi <laughs> thing to say. Uh, which I'd like to do. Like, is there a, is, is he a Hall of Famer? Let's not get into this. I can get sidetracked so quickly. Uh, you have a company, CEO of Yourbit. Talk to me a little bit about Yourbit. Uh, Yourbit is a charity fundraising app. Uh, think Acorns for Charity. Okay. So what we do is we... This is a hot space, by the way. I'm sure you're aware of this, given that you're in it. It's terrific, actually. Um, what we do is we, we use Plaid to monitor uh, purchases with our, our donors. We round up their purchases and drop them into a charity fund that supports charities that they've chosen from curated charities that we support. Yep. So uh, six charity segments, five charities each for national charities. And we're also using geolocation within the app to suggest local charities to local donors. So we're supporting the 42 largest metropolitan areas in the country. So basically, if there's a professional sports team, uh, we're going to support that, that metropolitan area. It gets us about 82% coverage of national population. How, so. do you, how are you getting, you know, how are you setting this up? How are you getting the geofence kind of like, how are you acquiring users? Well, um, on, on the charity side, because we're, we're basically uh, to, uh, facing two markets, the charity side that we're supporting and the donors. Yep. So on the charity side, what we're doing is just direct outreach. And thankfully, we've not had anybody say no to our money yet yep. on the charity side. <laughs> Suspect not. Uh, and the nice thing is, uh, originally, we thought that we'd only support national charities, those 30 national charities, A rating. People you know, trust national charities and they're more willing to give. Um, in speaking with some of our customers, we listened to the voice of the customer, and they said they want to give where they live as well. So that's why we're also supporting those local charities. So it's really building relationships at the local level uh, and reaching out, learning more about their missions and seeing how we can support them within the app. Very cool. So, uh, you know, having had a percent pledge and we had um, – I'm blanking on the name um, – Acatel is the guy's last name. I'm forgetting the name of the company. Oh, uh, there's Change Ed. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's another one. We've had like all of them on, yeah. on recently. The one thing, and, and each of them kind of takes a different spin. One took the spin of like, we're curating places that we know you would like and already do donate to. So in other words, we're not going to waste our time having every single possible thing on there. Another guy took the approach of, we want to find like people who are essentially rounding up the dollar on whatever they're buying. And so it's, we went to target because target does a ton of shoppers. And so they just round the buck up. Um, and then we had another ones who like targeted just like bullying. And we're going to pick, we're going to pick campaigns that are, that matter in a world. You're the first one of the group that's been through here. Where if I had to highlight the part that was like, Oh, that's different and unique. Geofencing is the fact that 
<clears throat> if you're trying to launch, and you got to think of this from a startup standpoint, business operator standpoint, and then also like what you're trying to pro- pro- you know provide your users with, to launch a, a company, any size company, for any purposes with or without charity, uh, it's very hard to acquire users for anything. And so the idea is like we take a broad stroke, we offer like you know Red Cross, we offer things you know you're familiar with, but it becomes very very difficult or time sensitive or whatever the case may be to dig down and get localized. And there's sort of this like differing, like, do I go broad or do I go straight localized? You have the ability to do both with geofencing, in particular, if you strategically pick markets that have a broad appeal, but are localized by the, you know, like you mentioned, they have a sports team. Um, what, what was it about that that made you go, I think geofencing is a, is a different, because I, that's the part to me that's like, you can, there's no safe way to expand, but you can safely expand by grabbing, gravitating towards initiatives and things that people locally know about they're not going to you weren't you're not going to people in california donate into a chicago cause but the people in chicago will donate more to that than they would have nationally exactly exactly and and that that was really the big that was the goal really was to be able to to onboard as many donors as possible what we're going to be doing is we're, we're making our relationships with the charities as rich as possible because we want to not only bring them new donors, we want to be able to leverage their donor base to make it easier for them to give as well. So we're taking a lot of their logistics off their plate, a lot of their fundraising spend that they would otherwise have to do other, uh, probably more expensively than we can do. Yeah. So we want to make it as advantageous as possible for those charities that we support to be able to open their books and say, hey, we're going to support the Your Bit mission as well and make it easy for our current donors to give as well as attracting new donors uh, through the platform. Um, the whole idea of the geofencing uh, came about because I- I've seen other apps try to support all 1.5 million nonprofits. Yeah. And administra- so well. administratively, it's, it's a nightmare at the back end. It's, it's just not workable. So we wanted to make it as frictionless as possible. We wanted to take the choice out of it because if you're given that many choices – you usually don't make one. Yep. So what we're doing is we're, we're giving, you know, those 30 national charities that everyone knows, but also giving them a familiarity of a local provider, a local charity that they're going to learn about and know uh, based on what they're doing and having the impact locally that they can see themselves. Yeah, I like it. So what, what got you into this whole charity thing? Like, What was the, the whole charity thing? That's, that, that says everything you need to know about me is I look like, well, so what, uh, what attracted you to the old charity market? Well, you know, to be honest, I started another company um, called Law Review in the legal tech space, and um, we've 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 moved on from that. Uh, that sadly didn't turn out as well as I'd hoped. Yep. Uh, we had uh, an unfortunate product market fit uh, that we couldn't get over, and um, so one of my former partners were we were sitting around thinking, you know, what's next? What's next for us? And half jokingly, he said, "Well, you know, have you thought about nonprofit?" And I said, "Well, you know." We're in a nonprofit right now, but, currently, but, but, but not on purpose. Yeah, it's not a five one three C, but it is a nonprofit. Exactly. So what what I started thinking about was, well, you know, let me look at this space. And what I learned was, uh, as I, I I found out more about fundraising, and um, Chicago is a terrific location to start any sort of charity fundraising, just because of the resources we have locally, whether it's charity headquarters or charity watchdogs that are local as well. Um, Charity Watchdog, Dan Borachov, is local. Uh, The folks that put out the Giving USA uh, report every year are also local. Um, They're the folks that it's a definitive report on charity giving in in the United States. So locally, there's a lot of information that you can get 
easily. Yep. So I started looking at it and seeing that you know there's a lot of charities that are taken advantage of by fundraisers that sometimes you can have efficiently efficiency rates of say 30 40 cents on the dollar that get back to the charity meaning the fundraiser pockets you know yeah. 60 to 70 cents uh, we're trying to make it as as profitable as possible and make it so our margins support us so what we're doing is a 5% administrative fee so that way you're getting 95% of every dollar gets to the charity we're taking that 5% to keep the app up yep. to be able to support the the data that we need to be able to. So for you guys, it ends up being a volume game. Exactly. exactly. Which which just kind of goes into the whole micro targeting thing, which makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So we're we're micro targeting. We're rolling out those forty two uh, major metropolitan areas. We want to get five thousand users in each of those metropolitan areas, and to launch f- with those two hundred ten thousand users a larger group uh, nationwide. So ultimately, the goal for the app is to be able to raise a billion dollars in five years. And to do that, we're going to need just shy of a million users. And I think it's doable. When you have an example of Acorns, for example, uh, Acorns in four years built up a user base of 3.8 million people. Yeah. I I have to think that... It's pretty much every ad on Bloomberg is Acorns. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I have to think that you know, beyond investing, beyond the 3.8 million users that are using Acorns for investment, there's got to be at least a million people who want to leverage the same technology on their phones to give to charity, to be able to give back. And this is a sweet spot for millennials as well. It, uh, it does definitely. I would agree that it, this reminds me of, it's like, if I could take Kickstarter and Robinhood and put them together and poop out a child, this would be it. <laughs> Can I use that? You, yeah, you might as well. It's yours now. <laughs> it is absolutely yours now. Uh, where do people go to learn more about this and, and to, to start using it? Um, we're, we're still in development. We're, we hope to be in beta by hopefully the end of December. We'd like to be able to release uh, to the market uh, January 15th. Cool. Uh, you can go to yourbitapp.com and learn more there. Uh, we also have uh, rich content for blogs and Within the app, that's the other thing we want to be able to do is uh, to be able to have that connection between the donors and the charities and have rich content from the charities that can be So people know, can found. keep up with like where the money went and what exactly. they're doing and progress. And I, think, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's one of the, like it's going to work or it's not going to work. It's going to be users or it's not. And you've got like the, the more reason you can give people to be like, no, 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 I go to Bit because I know where I get to, like I can pick companies that I, or not companies, but charities that I can donate to sure. and I can also hear and read like what they're doing. I think there's definitely a play there. So I, well, the nice thing is that there's so many examples now of rounding up. You can yes. round up at the point of sale. You can round up at Target or um, Grubhub does it now too. Yep, Everybody's on the roundup, which yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I, who nobody nobody likes spare change and as, as much as Bitcoin thinks that that's our next currency, like right now, uh, it ain't working. <laughs> yeah. So for for every Grubhub or you know point of sale, um, they're training my next user. Yeah. And I don't have to put out any marketing money to do that. So yeah, he's got to get them to go your way. But ex- otherwise, yeah, exactly. Very exactly. cool. Uh, you down to play a little uh, little business uh, business or bus game with us? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, John, welcome. Hello. I like how you uh, wanted to play the game without even knowing what it was first. I, actually I like people who just it. say, uh, "Yeah, I'm in." No, yeah. I, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a listener. That's I, what we I, do here, Tech all right, we just so go, we just go all in. So we, we go a, all in. Yeah, we have a new show called uh, Business or Bust, where I give you a startup idea and you tell me uh, whether you'd back it as a business or or not. Where the, you know the word bust comes from. So how you doing today, man? I'm doing fine. How are you? Right? Sweet, I'm doing great. Uh, our <laughs> fire away. Our fake or real startup idea this week 
a social network for sharing film suggestions. Sorry, it's not law-related, but it's still very intriguing. Uh, I really don't believe in algorithms trying to predict what we like. On Netflix, it tells me I have like a 98% match for Trolls, that kids movie. Yeah. I like. <laughs> I think that's a good fit stuff. for you. Uh, no, My Little Pony, yes. Yeah. Trolls, no. Remember when My Little Pony had like the, the boy's pony? <laughs> I, I had it. Yeah. Oh, that's well, silence. Is that I didn't buy it. It was a gift. <laughs> Crickets after that saying. one. This isn't anyway. like a, a brony thing? I don't know what the hell it was called. Yeah, brony. It's a brony. I have nothing to tell you, other than I had the My Little, My Guy Little Pony. Anyway, anyway off topic. Scott's Little Pony. So I really don't like algorithms. No, no, no. Instead, it's usually my friends who are the ones telling me what to watch. So why shouldn't there be a social network platform for sharing film suggestions, like a Facebook meets IMDb? Would you buy into this? Would you back this? I'm out. You're all right. Well, there you go. See, the thing is, I've I've seen that pitch. <gasps> I, I know a company that's doing just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the same company. <laughs> Is it? Would you buy into that company? Um, she had a good pitch. Uh, um, was it, I, was I, it better I, than my pitch? I, I like the idea, uh, okay. but she was she was heavy algorithm, uh, and I know you don't like al- algorithms. Well, so. I'm just in a dummy behind the microphone. <laughs> no, I it, to be honest, I thought it was compelling. Uh, I, I liked I liked the direction she was going with it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna I, say I, that, I, the reason I, I, that, I, I, I the reason that I'm out on it is. Vimeo, SoundCloud, everything you can imagine that's been even richer than just a platform that's been designed to reach artists has eventually shit out. Like, the reality is there's just, like, in your world, in our world of creative, it's cool. But Mm. when you're talking about monetization, how are you going to monetize? Are these people who, by the way, are the poorest people on the planet? They're the least paid people on the planet? These are probably people who don't pay for their own subscriptions. Correct. They don't have any money. They barely pay for food. I use my mom's Netflix. Correct. Me too. (laughs) I use my mom's Netflix too. Uh, The reality is like they're the least person to pay for something. So you're, you're like, it's like Patreon. Like even Patreon who... It works, but it doesn't work it's for because the creator, but it's creator, but the people who are watching it are, are poor. And then that also means that advertising is also poor because mm. advertisers want people who have money to spend money. So the people listening, using and buying it are all poor. So you don't trust the results. I of, think it could be the most fantastic idea and thing in the world and no one will pay any money for it. Yeah. And like who There's just not enough people, not enough market and not enough market with wealth. I'm very curious that there's actually a startup being kind of thought up around this. Do you know any... You I, just I know read you can't, about one. I know. Well, you can't well, tell us all the inside uh, uh, like information of the company, but do you know how the algorithm works? Like, she didn't they... give that up, but it was somebody that I ran into at the uh, fun conference oh, uh, yeah. uh, about a month ago, I guess. Um, and what she was talking about sounded really interesting. I'm not sure how she was going to monetize it. I don't know if this was ad <laughs> revenue supported, but uh, her, her her algorithm sounded kind of kind of on. All right. I'm out, but he's in. You're so out, you're in. I she has it's... to keep on building and find exactly. somebody else to, to break the tie. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I appreciate you taking the time. Enjoyed it. Uh, best of luck with the charity. Uh, charity app, I think like you're on in the right direction. I think it's got some cool stuff that is different. The geofencing thing is particularly different. I hope people check it out. Um, again, if you want to say the, the website. Yourbitapp.com. Yourbitapp.com. Check it out, Matt. Thank you so much. Scott, thank you. Of course. You can learn more about upcoming Technori events, investment opportunities, or check out the blog at technori.com. You can download the podcast on Spotify. Follow us on social at Technori. Or you can follow me on Snapchat at Katoon. <laughs> Boom, that's a wrap.